You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Stand again if it is your custom in this house. I know that not everyone does that. Amen. If you will stand to your feet at this time for the reading of the word, if you would turn with me to the third division of Psalm beginning at verse Number one, I'll be reading your hearing Psalm 3, beginning at verse 1. This is what it says. It says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. Then he says, I laid me down and slept. I await for the Lord sustained me. And then he says, I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me round about. I'm going to conclude at verse 7. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, but thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. For good measure, we're just going to go ahead and throw in verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. You can take your seat. And I'm going to speak to you for a few moments this afternoon from the topic under fire coming in hot. Because he said to me, that the thing for the month was coming in hot. And there are different definitions for this phrase, but I'm going to use one that is probably less common this afternoon. One of them means to enter a place with big presence or to arrive at a place in epic fashion, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. The definition for today's chat is this. Someone who is being tailed or followed. It's slang for attempting to land an aircraft that is on fire, badly damaged, under attack, and requesting immediate assistance. Somebody say 911, it's an emergency. And so to be under attack means to be exposed, to be subject to the enemy's attack. This does not have to just be physical. In this case, it was, but it means to be subject to criticism or censure. That word means condemnation or to be lambasted or berated. I don't know what it's been like for you lately. And if none of this is on your street, then thank God. But many of us have had our health 
under attack, have had our relationships under attack, have had our bank accounts under attack, have had our faith under attack, have had our peace under attack, have had our joy under attack, and even your very sanity has been under attack. And in a moment of transparency, and I'm going to be bare honest, I too have experienced a barrage, uh, Brother Ricky, of an all-out assault on my heart and mind that has been designed to violently yank me out of the presence, the plan, and the purpose of God. That is to say uh, that trouble does not just hit the pew, but it also hits the pulpit. Fire, my friends, will surely try men's hearts. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, uh, but, but, but how many of you know that when precious metals are being prepared, we're talking about the refiner, refiner's fire now, uh, when metals are being prepared and beautified and purified for use, it is heated to extreme high temperatures. And it is the heat that causes something called the dross. That means the chaff, the junk, the waste. Or in other words, whatever in your life is unnecessary, unprofitable, and unusable causes it to rise to the top and it's skimmed off. Well, I came to let somebody know this afternoon that according to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 3, that the Lord himself sits as a refiner of silver. He, he is overseeing and superintending the process. So no matter what it is that you are going through, no matter the fire, no matter the heat, no matter the trial, no matter the test that God uh, does not leave you right where you are, but he watches over you. Hallelujah. And so God, uh, back in 2020, early, spoke to me in a Kroger line of all places, of all places, early in 2020. And he said this to me. He said, all hearts are being exposed. And our tendency is to be like, yeah, all hearts, hers and his and theirs and everybody. Uh, but he said, wait, wait, wait. Before you're quick to say that it is everybody, I said all hearts are being exposed. And so from that time until now has been such a time as I'm sure many of us have never seen. Issue after issue, we've had the pandemic, we've had political upheaval, we've had violence, we've had so many things that has exposed the hearts of men. One thing about the God that we serve is that he does not just leave us there, but how many of you know that he reveals to heal? Huh? Uh, because he can't work on something or work with you on something that you can't even acknowledge or do not even realize is there. And so we're going to talk about three things today just as a point of reference and to help you to remember this is by no means exhaustive. But three aspects of this that we're going to talk about today, that is scarcity and clarity, positions and postures, visions and victories. And so here in our text, but this afternoon, we find David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, as he is often called. And he is at a very critical juncture in his life. 
And now we have the distinct pleasure of being able to look at events after they have happened and been recorded in scripture, right? We get to be outsiders. We get to look and sometimes we look and judge uh, about things that people in the Bible did and say that we would not have done the same thing. You know, we say things like we wouldn't have took our eyes off Jesus and sunk like Peter did. We, we wouldn't have messed with somebody else's wife like David did. We, we, we wouldn't have uh, not believed God like Sarai and Abram did. We, we surely would have never had an Ishmael like they did. But you never truly know what you're capable of until the right set of circumstances is before you. Listen, Romans 15 and 4 says everything that was written in past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide we might have hope that's the NIV and so these were not just words that he was speaking but they were the heart's cry of a man whose heart had been broken the psalm was written at a time when David had been betrayed by his son his own flesh and blood who had turned the hearts of the people against him, not only desiring to rip the kingdom from his hands, but to take his very life. And so his list of enemies had grown, had grown exponentially. Many of his friends, many of his associates had turned on him and joined the ranks of those who distressed him. And I just need to know, have you ever been there before? Somebody that you trusted, somebody that you prayed for, somebody that you helped, somebody that you believed in, somebody that you were loyal to, forsook and attacked you. The, the psalmist says it like this in Psalms 41 and 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, have lifted up his heel against me. So not only did people doubt him, but they also doubted his God's willingness to help him. Said they say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. How many of you know that people will sneer and, and they will jeer and, and, and they will wonder and they will have a group text and a group message talking about how she's gone down for the last time he's gone down for the last time they in some mess again they on some foolishness again listen you can doubt me all you want to baby but don't you ever doubt the willingness of my God to come and pull me out you can doubt me but don't ever doubt my God's commitment to helping and perfecting me. Hallelujah. And so it is that you have been the topic of conversation. Hallelujah. And not only do people doubt you, but they're sneer and jeer at your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But how many of you are encouraged on today to know that God is committed to your process? Somebody ought to be happy about it today because a lot of us, he could have and should have gave up on us a long time ago. We had chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity. And today I am grateful for this thing called grace. Is anybody else grateful? I say all the time that I am a grace case. 
Huh? Because he should have walked away from me a long time ago. He should have said, I'm sick of dealing with her. I'm sick of her not believing me and doubting me and falling and flipping. Hallelujah. But he is committed to perfecting that thing which concerns me. So Psalms, he says, how are they increased that trouble me? Many there be that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. One of the bishops in our church, because I always want to give credit, I don't quote people and don't say where I got it from, amen? He always says that scarcity brings clarity. Scarcity brings clarity. How true this is, because it is in the absence of certain things that allows us to see other things more clearly. And in this particular case, it was the absence of support. When the cheering section goes silent, when the amens stop, when the financial help stops rolling in, hallelujah, Hallelujah. When the enemy not only wants your place, but also wants your head. He says, but. I like that little word. It's a conjunction. And I, I often say that I have a conjunction praise because there are many that rose up against me that said of my soul, there is no help for her in God. But he said, but. Uh, does anybody have a conjunction praise in the building? I got some more conjunctions for you uh, because it is goodness and mercy that is following me all the days of my life. Listen, said I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I just need to know, does anybody have a conjunction praise? The enemy was after my soul, but God, I was on my way giving up. I almost waved the white flag of surrender. But God. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? It shows me that as much as you tried, I'm still here. Hallelujah. It shows that as much as you tried to discourage me, I'm still holding up the bloodstained banner. As much as you wanted me to shut up, I'm still talking about the goodness of the Lord. He says, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. Listen, this is what scarcity did. Scarcity of support gave him clarity in that moment. Seeing who was not with him allowed him to see who was. Sometimes it's not a bad thing to have scarcity and deficiency because sometimes we don't learn that he's all we need until he's all we got. If you've never been undersupplied, you can never find out that he's the God that is more than enough. If you've never felt weak, if you've never felt weak, you can never learn that when I am weak, he is. And so scarcity brings about 
clarity. He says, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. That word means my protector, my buckler, my defense. He is my glory, the kabod, the weight, the splendor, the honor, and the lifter of my head. And I like how he started down the road to lament, but he completely made a sharp turn and went from rehearsing his trouble to declaring the attributes of God. And he went from looking around to looking up. I triple dog dare you in here, hallelujah. If any of you have been lamenting to pivot and begin to declare the goodness and the greatness of your God. Does anybody have a good pivot in here? Because I've heard an awful lot of complaining the past two and a half years. Guilty, guilty as charged. Lord, what is going on? Lord, what is happening? Lord, the world is confusing. Lord, the world is upside down. Lord, they getting on my nerves. This is getting on my nerves. Oh, but thou, oh Lord. To begin to rehearse the goodness of the Lord. Oh, that our conversation would go from rehearsing to what the enemy is doing to declaring what you are doing. Hallelujah. And so it is that as he was, we are indeed coming in hot. I may be, brothers and sisters, under fire, but let God arise and his enemies be scattered. You are my shield, oh God. And this is why Paul exhorts us in Ephesians chapter 6, while he begins to list the various pieces of armor, he said, above all, take the shield of faith, whereby you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And then he switches gears. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. And we're talking about positions and postures. And listen, we like to say I cried to the Lord one day. How about I cried to the Lord many days? And he heard me out of his holy hill. The reason why David was able to declare with all that was going on that, Lord, you were a shield for me is because he had already seen God do it time and time again. If he has indeed delivered me from the lion and if he has delivered me from the bear and if he has delivered me from Goliath and if he has delivered me from Saul, surely God can deliver me again. And so because of this confidence, verse 5 shows us, says, I laid me down and slept. He says, I awaked for the Lord sustained me. Can I tell you this afternoon, brothers and sisters, that your posture is your power. Huh? And because the Bible says to submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Listen, the problem and trouble we get into a lot is that we want to resist without submission. 
But understand this church, I got to tell you this this morning, that this is not the time for the body of Christ to be out of alignment. It's not the time for us to be out of obedience. It's not the time for us to be out of position. Listen, all of this was designed to knock us off our square. But I got a word for you this afternoon. Whatever you do, brothers and sisters, hold your position. Don't you dare give up the high ground. Don't you dare be knocked off of your square. When trouble comes, maintain your integrity and godly character. I heard somebody say it like this, and y'all know who I'm talking about. When they go low, we go Stay in position, church. This is not the time to be out of alignment with God. This is not the time to be out of sync with his word. And because this is what the enemy wants, he wants us to be in offense. He wants us to be in pride. He wants us to be in bitterness. He wants a bitterness to take root. He wants us to be overcome with anxiety and fear. And all of that is designed to make us impotent in our purpose. Huh? He wants to render us individually and corporately ineffective. And I found it interesting that the years 2020 through 2029 in Hebrew is the decade of pay. Pay means mouth. And what I'm about to say is not about literal masks so y'all can breathe. It ain't about, I'm not talking about literal math. I didn't come here to start no stuff about no math. So don't get worried. But one day as I begin to look around with everybody with masks on, I begin to see in the spirit. And I was grieved in my spirit. Not because of what I saw in the natural, but because of what I saw in the spirit. Because what I saw in the spirit was a spiritual muzzle. In the decade of the mouth in Hebrew is when we are muzzled the most. When we should be speaking and declaring the word of the Lord, everything is happening to make us shut up. This is the decade of the mouth. This is the decade of declaration. This is the, de this is the decade of speaking forth the mind and the will of almighty God. And in a time like that is the time when everything is designed to shut you down, to shut you up, to make you close your mouth, to not declare the counsel of God, his righteousness, his goodness, his holiness. God are so focused on being under fire that we got distracted from the mission. But I came to tell somebody this afternoon to get back in position. And lastly, we look at vision and victory. And after having gotten into the correct position and posture, his perspective began to change begin to evolve after he slept on it a little bit. You know, sometimes you just need some rest. I was talking to somebody at work. Sometimes we deal with so much emotionally because we're tired. So a lot of times you can lose spiritual battles because you're physically exhausted. 
Your body will tell you when enough is enough. And part of warfare is knowing when you need to rest. And so after he slept on it and reevaluated and reassessed, he was able to see. It was not about the situation changing at the moment, but his perspective changed. And let me tell you something. A lot of times before God will change it, he will change you first. Vision is what allows you to see beyond the moment, right? It allows you to be able to look above and beyond. You may be on the run, still under fire, still coming in hot. But he says, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. He began to see, and that what he, he was still running. You could still be in the thing, but your perspective will change. A lot of times we go to prayer and we want God to change it, and sometimes he does. But most times he's going to change you first before he deals with it. He's going to get you to see it different before he turns it around. He's going to give you a new perspective before he changes that thing. And so he went in a certain way, but he came out saying, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me roundabout. And so he concludes after all of our preceding verses, uh, that I, I'll not be afraid that I'm under attack. I, I got enemies on my right hand and enemies on my left, but yet God has not given me the spirit of fear. Listen, fear has been a thief the past two and a half years. Uh, Listen, because people who are afraid are much easier to control. Huh? And so we've wallowed in fear. Huh? And sometimes we've even preached fear. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. Can I serve notice, notice on the devil this afternoon that he is a liar? God has not given us the spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind he said I will not I know what it looks like but I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people listen God with me is more than the world against me somebody say yes in this house because God is the greatest power we shall never be defeated. Does anybody know that's the truth today? Because God is the greatest power. We shall never be defeated. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I know what they said. I beheld their threatenings. But I got the victory. Set. You can still have stuff going on, 
but your posture is one of victory. And it'll make people wonder what in the world is going on with everything happening in her life. How is she so happy? How is she so confident? How is she so strong? It's because greater is he that is in me than anything going on around me. Somebody see it. to God yes God and so he learned as we had because we have history with God because we've been through a thing or two I've learned that the God that I serve I've settled in my heart that he can be trusted he can be relied on he can be believed in I will walk in courage because Lord you're a shield for me you are my glory and the lifter of my head and then David lets out a battle cry can we talk about victories he said arise oh Lord this was military phraseology and it was a call for God to get involved and to insert himself and his strength in the affairs of men. Psalm 68 and 1 says it like this. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let them that hate him flee before him. Just need to know has God ever scattered your enemies? Hallelujah, that came before you one way and fled seven ways that dug a ditch and fell into it themselves. Has God ever frustrated the plan of the enemy from over your life and the weapon that was sent, that formed, that hurt, but it didn't enemy that is on your heels 
one of the worst things about warfare is when you don't even know you're in one. It's sad to be in a warfare and you're not even aware that that's what's taking place. Because a lot of times it does not take the form we would think it does. Oh, but he gets us in insidious ways, small ways. He said it is the small foxes that destroy the vine. And so what I need everybody in here to know is that whether you know it or not, you are in a warfare. There's an enemy that hates your guts. I hate to be that graphic, but I just got to tell you the truth. And so even being stuck between a rock and a hard place, under fire, under scrutiny, under criticism, not knowing which way to go, what steps should I take. And sometimes we're even in situations that are of our own doing. Huh? There are some things and positions that we're in, not because somebody else did it, but because we did it. But the awesome and wonderful thing about God is that no matter how you got there, God is so gracious and so merciful that he will pull you out and rescue you even if you went headlong of your own accord. That is the grace and the mercy of God on display. And so we have an enemy who is formidable, yes. Been here longer than we have, knows more than we do. You in your own flesh, I'm sorry. I know you think you big, bad, and bold, but you're not a match by yourself. Can I just tell you, I know we, we walking in kingdom authority, and, we, and, and yes, we are, but without God, baby. This is why I said that positioning and posture is so important. Huh? Because a lot of times we try to rise up in our own strength. But anything that you do, it is in and behind the name of Jesus. Because see, my name doesn't carry no weight. Huh? But when I come at that thing in the name of So, the enemy is, I like to say he's the ultimate hater, who can't understand for the life of himself why it is that God is so wrapped up and so obsessed with his creation. He's so mad that God loves us so much. The Bible says even the angels desire to look into, they're intrigued. By this whole thing of salvation. Even they're intrigued. They're curious. How does this thing work? But I want you to make no mistake today that the captain of our souls is not a wimp. But he is the lion from out of the tribe of Judah. I submit to you today that he is not a God that we have created not the one we've watered down, not that we've diluted, not the one we've emasculated, but he is Yahweh Elohim. How many of you know that today? 
He is Yahweh Elohim. He is the King eternal, immortal, invisible. He is the only wise God who was and is and is to come. He is the ancient of days and the wisdom of the ages. The Bible says when he found none greater to swear by, he swore by himself. He upholds the world by the word of his power. The water says that he, the word says that he weighs, he meted out the heavens with the span of his hand. He weighs the waters in the palm of his hand. He's the one that said, let there be and there was. He is the great I am. Do I have anywhere? I, I just want to exalt him for a minute. He is the king. He's not just a king. He's the king of. Come on, I need some help right through here. He's not just Lord. He's Lord up. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the first and he is the last. He left here as a lamb, but he's coming back as a conquering king. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, I'm just blessing right there. If you know that the God that you serve that he speaks and it happens. Hallelujah! That you serve a God that is able to do anything but fail. That you serve a God. Come on and bless him. Come on and bless him. Come on and bless him. He is a lion. He is a lion. under fire because one of the messianic prophecies said that strong bulls of Bashan encompassed him about that is demons and so he knows what it's like to be coming in hot to be coming in under attack hallelujah he knows what it's like to be despised and forsaken to be mistreated and tortured. But listen, my friends, what appeared to be a hopeless situation, he was buried in the heart of the earth. Come on, y'all know it. For three days and three nights. But when he came out, he obtained a silent, undisputed, eternal, unquestionable victory. Oh, God. I'm coming in hot, but I'm not alone. I'm coming in hot, but I'm not by myself. He is the fourth man in the fire. I'm coming in hot, but he's in there with me. I'm coming in under stress, but he's right there with me. I'm coming in under criticism, but he's right there with me. give him the other definition I said our definition is coming in under attack and on fire and needing immediate assistance but the first definition I gave says to arrive in epic fashion how many of you know Jesus came in hot my God my God 
The Bible says he arose with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. And because he came out, sister, I can come out too. Let God 
be true and every man a liar. So it says, and I've been up a while, I don't know how much time has passed. When you, it says, when the plane is coming in, requesting immediate assistance, even when it's coming in hot, let me tell you, as long as it knows where to land. Whatever state, whatever condition you have found yourself in, as long as you know where to land. If you can land in the arms of Jesus, he can fix what is broke. If you land in the arms of Jesus, he can put that fire out. If you land in the arms of Jesus, because see, a lot of times when we're going through, the tendency is we want to run away. We want to get back, scoot back, sit back, run away from God. I messed up again. Can I tell you something? He is not as flighty as we think he is. He's God. Come on, people. He made us. The Bible says he knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. He can handle the good, the bad, and the downright ugly, and the real, real ugly. Song says, fall on Jesus. So no matter what state your aircraft is, because some of you were in full flight doing your thing, making waves in the kingdom of God, and the enemy got on your trail, got on your track, and began to fire and his desire was to knock you clean out of air. But like I said, as long as you know where to land, God, through Jesus Christ, can repair a messed up vessel. He can heal a damaged vessel. He can refuel a vessel that's low on energy. You say, God, I, I don't have energy for this anymore. I'm tired of fighting. It seems like it's warfare after warfare. A lot of us have just gotten downright spiritually tired. He said, but all you got to do is fall on me. And I'm here to declare to you this afternoon, and I'm going to take my seat, that some of you, when we do what it is that the Almighty is telling us to do and when we just give it back to him he is going to put you back in full flight again and the time that you thought you lost he's going to let you redeem the time yes God hallelujah hallelujah because it's easy to think I should have been further along than I am right now I should by now be doing more than what I'm doing he said, but I'm going to let you redeem the time. And though the enemy may have shot you clean out of air through discouragement, through grief. How many of you, we lost a lot of people. Grief is a thief. 
Fear is a thief. Anxiety is a thief. But how many of you know that he is a God of restoration? Come on and bless him if you know that he is a God of restoration. this time I am going to if that's you today and you say Lord you know what I think I done got a little touch of PTSD from bad news after bad news after bad news it's done something to my spirit it's done something to me hallelujah or if you said I was, I was running. It says in the book of Galatians, you did run well. Who hindered you? What was it? What was it that hindered you? What was it that made you slow down? What was it that made you stop? What was it that made you not as committed as you were before? Huh? What was it? If that's you and you're just saying, God, I, I just need you to do something special in me today. I need restoration. Would you just lift your hands? Hallelujah. And if it's not you and you good, pray for everybody else in the building. Hallelujah. And we're just going to go before the Lord with the word of prayer. And I'm going to take my seat. But he is a God of restoration. And I'm believing him to do something in your life. Hallelujah. And how many of you know that preachers are the first partaker of the fruit? Whatever it is that we preach, I'm, I got my, my hands lifted and my heart open. And I'm saying, Lord, do it in me too. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, God. We just thank you. We honor you. We bless your name. You are the King eternal, immortal, invisible. You are the only wise God. Unto you be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. We honor you in this moment, oh God. We take this time, oh God, to thank you for your word, oh God. Let it have fallen on good fertile ground of our hearts, oh God, and let it bring forth fruit in abundance. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for every heart that is represented here today, oh God. And I pray, God, you are the great restorer. You're the repairer of the breach, oh God. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus for restoration to come in those broken places, in those wounded places, in those discouraged places. I pray now in the name of Jesus for those in this building and those that are at home even now that our hearts are open that our minds are open oh God and we say unto you oh God come in and do what only you can do in the name of the Lord Jesus for those that have felt beaten down by life from those that have been discouraged from life circumstances we pray now in the name of the Lord Jesus oh God that you would touch that you would lift that you would heal that you would deliver that you would restore that you would replenish in the name of the Lord Jesus I pray strength into the people of God even now. I pray peace into the hearts of the people of God now. That we'll not lay awake at night tossing and turning but that we will sleep and sleep well. Your Bible says that you give your beloved sleep. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Give us a supernatural rest. Help us to relax in you. Help us to fall into you. Help us to lean into you in the name of the Lord Jesus to realize that our great weapon is our worship to you that our greatest
greatest weapon, our greatest point of strength, hallelujah, is our submission to you and to your will in the name of the Lord Jesus. You said that if we draw nigh unto you, you would draw nigh unto us. You're not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you shall repent. That which you speak, you will also do. Hallelujah. We declare in this place, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you'll silence the very voice of the enemy. Every seed that's been sown in the hearts of your people that has brought forth a perverted harvest. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pluck it up by the roots. In the name of Jesus, we dig down deep. We grab it by the roots. We twist it and we pluck it up. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 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 That you silence the very voice of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, oh God. And in its place. And in its place that you will speak. That you will speak. That you will speak. That you will speak. That you will speak into the hearts of your people. Every person represented here. That you would minister to them personally and individually. Oh God, give them vision for their future. In the name of Jesus, let them see the victory that is theirs through you. In the name of Jesus, that we walk with a new confidence. We walk with a new strength. That we walk with a new gate. That we walk with a new hop in our step. That we walk with our hands up with our shoulders back we thank you that you're re-releasing the army the army you're re-releasing yes god yes god we flew into you we flew into you for strength we flew into you for hallelujah for repair but i declare in this place that you're re-releasing hallelujah a strengthened army a strong army a determined army Hallelujah, would you just yield yourself to that right now? That he is re-releasing us. That he is re-releasing us. That you're going to go forth with a new strength. Or even greater strength. Y'all sing with anointing. But I'm looking for God to increase it even the more. That even the demons will cry out. As you begin to minister and sing from the praises of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. name that is above every name. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what God is doing and I'm excited about what he's going to do. As I take my seat, if you believe it, if you believe that God, because sometimes, look, you can't, you can't, you got to expect a thing. When somebody is playing basketball and they want to receive the ball, they don't stand there with their hands down. They lift their hands up. So when you're standing in expectation of something, it demands that you respond. It demands that you show, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for something. It demands, hallelujah, let your posture be that something good is on the way. Let your posture be. I'm expecting that any day now, that any day now, that any day now, something is about to
Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website and engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.